Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. I do want to encourage you to check out my wife's business at Ashira Clips. Go to Lila Rose, L-I-L-L-A-Rose dot biz slash Ashira, A-S-H-I-R-A. There you'll find a wide variety of different hair clips, hairpins, and headbands. And a wide variety of attractive designs meant to... Uh, appeal to the taste of a wide variety of different women. Plus, the clips come in different sizes to fit different hair types. They make nice little gifts. Uh, you can check it out. Go to lilarose, L-I-L-L-A-Rose dot biz slash Ashira. And today's episode is Kenneth Prangle, Polo Player. my hobby. I had received another of those mysterious phone calls. This time, the speaker urged me to go at once to the Matthews estate on Long Island. Kenneth Pringle, the famous polo player, was in danger of being murdered. Now, I had a strong suspicion that my good friend Inspector Noah Dan was responsible for the call. And this time, much to the old gentleman's astonishment, I was comfortably seated in the police car when he entered, saw me, grunted, and gave directions to the driver. Well, Inspector? Here we are again. Yeah. And what I want to know is, how come Barton Drake always shows up when there's something hot in the offing? You should know, Inspector. What do you mean, I should know? Well, <laughs> nothing, except that the man who called me this morning said that uh, you had been notified. Notified of what? That Kenneth Kringle is in danger of being murdered this afternoon. Ha! Not a nonsense. Well, perhaps. On the other hand, this isn't the first time Pringle has come close to a tragic end. Friend of yours? I've met him once or twice. Although he probably won't remember me. My picture of Pringle is that he has two careers, polo and women. What's the connection? Pringle's been unfortunate in attracting women who have made, uh, shall we say, previous commitments. Married dames, eh? Right. Nothing new about that. He's a dashing fellow, this Pringle. And the fact that he's Eastern polo champion adds to his allure. Those horseback riders. Say, that reminds me. Yes, Inspector? Uh, this Paul Matthew... The guy who owns the place where we're going now. Isn't he an Englishman with a lot of money, uh, kind of old? That's right. Yeah. Recently, he married young and beautiful Diane Carter. They're very happy, I understand. Yeah. I remember reading about it. Uh, she used to play around with uh, Pringle before she married Matthew. Oh, come, come, Inspector. Let's not be gossipish. It's beginning to make sense. Uh, Matthew throws a big party at his Long Island estate, invites Pringle... Then calls us and says, Pringle's going to be knocked off, huh? To me, Inspector, that hardly makes sense. A man who contemplates murder does not invite the police to witness the crime. Then who did make the telephone call? That, Inspector, is what we'll have to find out. Well, here we are, Inspector. 
Well, rather extensive ground. Yeah. Matthews must still be in the chip. Uh, hey, what are those people doing over there? Mm, they appear to be engaged in an archery contest. Stop here. Like an... Uh, an important gathering. Some of those faces are quite famous. Yeah. And uh, who are we going to tell them we are? Welcome, hello there. Well, hello. Where did you come from? I was walking behind the shrubbery, wishing that something exciting would happen. And it did. Oh, so? You arrived. You won't disappoint me, will you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll do my best. Oh, now I know. Know what? You're Bill Rogers, and this must be your father. Uh, father? Well, I'm... I'm Diane Matthews. Paul said you were coming. You're friends of his brother Charlie, aren't you? Well, as a matter of fact, Paul I'm... Paul didn't say that Bill Rogers was... <laughs> well, I mean... I never did think of any of Paul's friends as being so young and attractive. Thank you. Good gosh, he's eating it up. Let's go up and meet Paul. He's dying to see you. Splendid. Come along, Dad. Now, listen, I'm not going to... Oh, good gosh. I say, you can't be old Tom Rogers. Exact opposite of the way I'd picture but you. But he is Tom Rogers, Paul. Who else could he be? And this is his son, Bill. Now, wait a minute. Bill, oh, so you're the young man I heard so much about. I must say, Charlie didn't exaggerate there. Well, perhaps I'd better explain. You see, Joe, this is jolly. Uh, now, see here, I've a bit of an apology to make servants of the war, you know, and all that sort of thing. Do you mind shifting to yourself a bit? Not at all. Uh, Diane, darling, show the gentlemen their rooms, will you? The best we can do is... I... I say, look there. Pringle's done it again. Four bullseyes in a row. Quite a chat. Uh, tell me, that's uh, Kenneth Pringle, the polo player, isn't it? Yes. Would you like to meet him? Well, later, my dear. No time now for introductions. Oh, Ken, darling. Diane, Paul, nice shooting, old fellow. Rather puts the rest of us in the shade. Ken, darling, this is Tom Rogers and his son, Bill. They're old friends. How are you? Glad to know you. Thank you. You seem adept to all forms of sports, Mr. Pringle. Well, matter of coordination, I guess. By the way, haven't we met before, Rogers? Possibly. I've watched you play a good many times. Yes, I believe once we were introduced. A guy could do a lot of damage with a gadget like that bow and arrow. Yes, yes, an arrow has tremendous striking power if the bow is handled by an expert. Ever kill anything with it? Oh, yes, indeed. I belong to a hunt club whose rules forbid the use of any other weapon except a bow and arrow. Ken hangs on to his bow and arrow as though they were something precious. They are, to me. A good sportsman takes care of his tools. Show the folks how good you are, Ken. Oh, oh I said, let's wait a bit. Time for that later, right now. Oh, uh, let him do his stuff. This arrow shooting business is something I'd like to see. Well, but the contest, we can't interrupt the tournament. Well, we don't have to go over to the range. Uh, there, shoot at that tree, Ken. It's out in the open. Well, okay. Go and take a minute. No, oh, no, I say, Pringle, you, you, you might hurt someone. This is a lot of nonsense. Now, look here, old chap. I, I say, let's wait until the range is clear. Paul, come back here. Look out, Matthew. Uh, uh, hey. Oh, big hip. Are you clumsy, Paul? Hey, the arrow's sticking in his shoulder. Oh, you need to step out in front of me. Hey, by Joe, I... Well, the arrow only went through his sleeve. Here, I'll pull it out. Narrow escape. What mighty careless of you, Pringle, chap. I... Careless of me? Why, you deliberately... Hey, you're as white as a sheep. Why shouldn't I be? I might have killed the guy. <laughs> you sure might have, brother. Would have busted you all up, too, I'll bet. 
What the devil do you mean by that? Well, what did you think? No, 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 I said, let's forget it. It's just an accident. You're quite willing to let it end there, Matthew? Oh, yes, of course. Driving at nothing, except I don't agree. I don't think there was anything accidental about it. Being a bit sarcastic, I say, what's the meaning of all these questions? 
what I mean is it, it should be I who does the questioning, shouldn't it? Well, now, think of that. He wants to uh, know. Dad, uh, huh? Mr. Matthew's right. Dad, now, listen. Uh, this is a serious matter, Mr. Matthew. I think we'd all better explain exactly where we were when Falsby cried out. Later, we'll give the others a chance to do likewise. Uh, good idea. It'll be necessary to notify the police, I suppose. Ooh, possibly we can have the thing cleared up by the time they arrive. The police? Uh, Dad, huh? uh, you see, uh, Dad and I were up in our room. We heard the screams and immediately came down to investigate. Yeah, saw you myself. Clears you two chaps, all right. Thank you, sir. And now, where were you, old thing? I? Oh, in the kitchen, of course. I thought you knew. No, we didn't know. We are not mind readers. What were you doing in the kitchen? Well, really, I was talking to Falsby. Oh, talking to Falsby. So someone walked in with an arrow and... Dad, uh, suppose we let Mr. Matthew tell us exactly what happened. Huh? Right. Really, Rogers, I can't understand your attitude. I, <clears throat> I was giving Falsby his instructions, assigning him a room, that sort of thing, when the doorbell rang. The front door? Yes. Falsby, I say, just, just pop out there and see who it is. Good chance to do your stuff. And did he pop? Precisely. And what did you do? Oh, I sat in the kitchen and waited. Wanted to give Falsby a chance, you know. Then what happened? Well, really, it was the same thing that happened to you. I heard the front door open, then Falsby gasped. I jumped forward and ran forward to the rescue. Matthew to the rescue, eh? Yes, I got there too late, though. Culprit is just escaping through the front door when I rushed into the hall. Thank you, Mr. Matthew. Now I think perhaps you're right. We'd better notify the police. The police? Now look! I go! What is it, Mr. Matthew? Yes? I, I say, this is awkward. What the devil are you talking about? Yes, I saw this is really our. Now look here. This jacket that fellow's wearing. It's mine. Oh, so? Yes. Well, oh, now. Yes, yes, I remember. You were wearing it this afternoon. That means that whoever murdered Falsby intended you to be the victim, Mr. Matthew. Any of a dozen men to whom your husband would appear as an obstacle? How amusing. You still believe that Paul was the murderer's intended victim? I can only say what I... The way I would act if I were annoyed by such an obstacle. <laughs> oh, Bill. Really? You are a very beautiful woman, Mrs. Matthew. Or may I call you Diane? Oh, please do. Yeah. Splendid. As your husband would say, this is jolly. Isn't it? Bill. Yes? You're really very charming yourself. Well, thank you. Do you mind if I... If I sit here? Well, not at all. Uh, your husband... Oh, Paul. He's so stuffy. No, uh, shall we say, romance between us. I see. Mr. Pringle, then? 
can. What do you mean? Oh, a man has his honor. I wouldn't want Pringle to feel that I, I was... I beg your pardon. I'm sorry, but uh, I saw you and Pringle earlier this evening standing out in the rain. Well, what difference could that cost? Forgive me. I didn't mean to upset you. By the way, Edna wanted me to give you her love. Edna? My sister, Edna Rogers. You remember her, of course. Oh, oh, oh yes. How is dear Edna? Splendid. Except for one thing. Oh, really? What's that? I have no sister, Edna. Very clever of you, Barton Drake. At your service. Mrs. Matthew, would you mind telling me why you pretended not to recognize Inspector Danton and me this afternoon? I had my reasons. And your husband and all the others, they had their reasons, too? How should I know? The others mean nothing to me. Including Kenneth Pringle? Oh, what are you getting at? That Inspector Danton and I saw you and Pringle in, uh, well, rather an amorous position. So So what? I think that Pringle's madly in love with you. So much in love that he would remove any obstacle that stood in your path to freedom and your husband's fortune, if you asked him to. You're being insulting. Am I? There's only one other person in this house who is skilled enough at archery to take a quick shot under cramped conditions and drive an arrow through a man's throat. And who is that, Mr. Expert on crime? The name of that man is... Where is he? Where's my husband? Now, don't tell me he isn't here, because I know better. Just a minute, lady. Hey, put down that bow and arrow. Excuse me, Mrs. Matthew. I think you're a lost, Spartan Drake. Drake? What do you want to talk about Drake? 
Who's Drake? Now, see now, here. See here just Diana. a minute, Matthew. I'm Drake, Barton Drake, private investigator, and this is Inspector Noah Dan. Oh, but, but look here, I thought... No, you, you the... didn't think I was the son of your old friend Tom Rogers. You knew who I was from the first. You all knew. And now I know the reason for your pretense. I also know who murdered Arthur Falsby. Give it to him, Ken. Kill him. He knows you murdered Falsby. You'll go to the chair. You killed him. You killed my husband. I'll kill him. Hey, put down that ball. Look out, Inspector. crazy woman hadn't come at Ken with a bow, you'd be dead now. I say it was lucky. She knocked the gun right out of his hand. Bullet went into the floor. I joke. Matthew, oh. keep quiet. From now on, I'll do the yeah, talking. But, but, but look here. Well, Inspector, how's Mrs. Fosley? I left her with her husband. It wasn't the pleasantest scene I ever witnessed, and I've seen some tough ones. Yes, whoever murdered Fosley committed the most horrible of crimes. I say, you talk as if it were deliberate. Accident, you know. Oh, was it? Pringle, you're about as stupid as any man comes. A man of your reputation who'd let a woman... Don't believe him, Ken. He's trying to trap you into admitting that you murdered Falsby. But I didn't murder Falsby. That's what I've been trying to tell you. I didn't murder him. No, that's right, Pringle. You didn't. But Mrs. Matthews thinks you did. What do you mean? I know. I mean, you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. I know exactly what I'm talking about. You met Pringle outside tonight in the rain. Pringle had his... Precious bow and arrow conceived beneath his raincoat to keep it dry. That's what gave him an awkward look when he stood there holding you in his arms. I say, Drake, that's rather a nasty remark. Diane wouldn't... Yes, she would, and you knew she would. In fact, you knew she was going to meet Pringle tonight because she told you so. That's a lie. Tell him it's a lie, Paul. Go on, Drake. Diane finally convinced Pringle that the only way that he could have her and her husband's fortune was to eliminate you, Matthew. She knew that you'd be tormented by thoughts of her being in the arms of another man. And sooner or later, you'd come looking for her. Pringle was supposed to kill you as you stood in the lighted doorway. Am I right, Pringle? Yes. You're right. But the plans went awry. You didn't appear, Matthew. Diane went around back to see if you were in the kitchen. And then Pringle's courage failed him. He tossed his bow and arrow in the bushes, intending to get it back later. Is the most ridiculous. Sit down, Matthew. No, please. I have something I want to say. Drake, that was clever of you. Tell me, when did you become suspicious that I was the murderer? Yeah, 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 when? This afternoon, when you got in the way of Pringle's arrow. To make it appear as if Pringle were trying to kill you. I was afraid of that. Diane, I loved you very much. Too much, I'm afraid. Sometimes I think I wasn't in my right mind. Paul, you, you didn't... Yes, I did. When Falsley arrived, he was wet through from the rain. I gave him my jacket to put on. I sent him to answer the door. I knew Pringle would think it was I and shoot him. And then you reasoned that Pringle would be accused of the crime and sent to the chair. With him out of the way, you hoped to regain Diane's love. That's true. I must have gone completely insane. When Fallsby opened the door and Pringle wasn't there, I... I... You uh, shot Fallsby yourself? Yes. My bow was in the kitchen. 
I wanted everyone to think that Pringle had tried to kill me, and now... He's got a gun. Oh, there's no need to be alarmed. None of you will get hurt if you do exactly as I say. Straight. To satisfy an old man's curiosity, how were you so sure? It was your remark to Mrs. Falsby that furnished the missing link in the chain of circumstances, asking her to remove her raincoat because it was dripping on the floor. If Pringle had shot Falsby... He would have had to step into the hall because the location of Fosby's body, where he fell. Now, it was raining hard, you remember? Yet when the inspector and I came downstairs, the floor on the hall was absolutely dry. I see. Very clever. Goodbye, Diane. I did love you, you know. So much. Hey, he's gone in. He shot himself right through the temple. Yes. <laughs> Well, it's probably best. But sometimes it isn't pleasant to have mystery for a hobby. Welcome back. This was a bit of a confusing one. So the wife intended to have polo player kill her husband, but before the polo player was on board with killing the husband, the husband tried to frame the polo uh, player for trying to kill him. And then the polo player decided to kill the husband, but and the husband hired a new servant as a decoy. Then the polo player changed his mind and didn't kill the husband or or the servant. And so then the husband killed the servant to frame the polo player for trying to kill him, which the polo player would have done if he hadn't backed out at the last minute. I think I had that right. I, I don't know. I think the problem with this one is that so much of it just depended on coincidences and people changing their mind and not changing their mind. I will say that I did enjoy how much Inspector Danton was put out by being mistook for uh, Barton Drake's father. Even though that he knew that everybody recognized him and knew that he was actually the famous Barton Drake. Oh, it's weird he has this expectation of people recognizing him right away. I mean, not even Nick Carter would have that, and Nick Carter could have a bit of an ego on him. At any rate, we turned to listener comments and feedback and uh, got an interesting one regarding episode 3402. Over on the website, John shares this observation. The friends enjoyed being horrible to each other. I guess you could say that misery was their hobby. I don't know what else there is to say to that, except thank you so much for the comment, John. I laughed out loud, you know, really laughed out loud when I first uh, read that uh, great comment. Well, I do also want to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Alex, Patreon supporter since August, currently supporting us at the rookie level of $2 or more per month. 
And uh, that will do it for today. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate it uh, wherever you download your podcast from. And we also welcome reviews. Join us back here tomorrow for yours truly, Johnny Dollar. And we'll be back next Thursday with another episode of Mystery is My Hobby. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.